So uh, we are live. Hello, everyone. <clears throat> it is I, Robbie Rapol. Uh, Dusty Pitstick will um, maybe be here a little later. <clears throat> he is in the process of being interviewed uh, on a local news platform around him. So, I think I got it. Yeah, you're here, Amber. I hear you. Awesome song. <laughs> this is um really cool i just jumped uh in front of this computer like two minutes ago and i'm already live and streaming and everything i feel like things are well there hopefully my internet holds up today uh because you know we know how the internet's been for me in the past but dusty is not yeah. here yeah. Dusty is uh getting interviewed by a local news source, so that's cool. He's going to pop in maybe later if he can. Uh, if not, it's just you and I, unless anyone else comes along. But uh, either way, nice. I know make it work. Um, and yeah, so thanks to Guy. We'll miss him, but congrats for Dusty. Right, exactly. Yeah, dude, totally. I love any type of uh, any type of publicity that anyone can get. Uh, and the local department is really cool because, you know, your local news sources are always going to gonna let your your local clientele know who you are and what you're doing. So I think it's pretty cool, uh, <clears throat> especially considering Dusty was all like, you know, worried about being noticed and shit. And now like he's getting noticed and it's like getting more normal for him. So that's really cool to see that. Yeah, it's really cool. Um. Thanks to Gabe. Thanks to Guy. Uh, thanks to Reinventing for allowing us to get here every Monday and talk about feelings, something tattooers uh, don't do a lot of, something men don't do a lot of, something people. Uh, we complain, but I don't think we actually talk about our feelings a lot of the time uh, and have more pro productive, proactive conversations. So thank you to Reinventing Guy, Gabe, and everyone in the whole team uh, for allowing this to happen. Um, and, you know, giving us a platform to do it. <clears throat> so I usually don't have a topic, but today I have a topic because it's really fucking relevant to me right now. Cool. Uh, I am not wearing my leg because I have this really annoying thing going on right here and it hurts. And so when I wear my leg, it hurts pretty fucking bad. <clears throat> mm. So I am not wearing my leg. And I'm relying on crutches and a wheelchair to get around the house with. Uh, and it's weird because like the last time I didn't wear my leg, I was really like mad about it. This time I'm like, it fucking hurts. I don't want to wear it because it's going to hurt. So I'm not going to fucking wear it because it hurts. Uh, and um, I get emotional about it. Um, but like, it's not in that same fashion that it was last time it happened. Um, and so like setbacks is really like the, the topic I want to go into today. Um, you know, you've had a million setbacks with your tattoo. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? Just I used setbacks. to have dreams about it. Right, right. So like, you know, talk about some of the setbacks or have you been facing any setbacks lately? Um, well, there's always someone else who wants my time. Yeah. yeah. And for 10 years, my entire life was focused on taking care of someone else. 
Mm. So there, I got choked out. There was no me. Right. So it was constant setbacks to my healing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And where have you come since then? Um. Oh, I'm healing like a motherfucker now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm so- healing like a motherfucker now. I cut out the negative negativity diet in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's important. That's super important because like when you go through the, the setbacks, if you're around negativity, if you're in a negative set uh, mindset, it makes the whole experience of it worse. Yeah. Sick people make people <clears throat> sick. Yeah. Yeah. Hurt people, hurt people. Um, yep. Healing people, heal people, loved people, love people, you know, like, and that's one of the things uh, I have to remember that the setback is part of the process. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, until I get to that point in my life where I just get to dick around all day and do whatever I want with my time and my money, you know, uh, I got to. I got to, you know, deal with more problems and more things. But at that point, there's never like, that's also an improper way of looking at it because it's never going to be so good that it's no problem. No matter what you have, there's always going to be some shit in your way. So if it's, you know, if you've got plenty of time and money, well, now maybe you you have too many people that need you, uh, you know, and we've gone to that, you know, you and I, we lived through that Donna being a mom, a new mom, especially, um really goes through like the feeling too needed sometimes yeah. uh and that's really hard and sometimes in life you have to take off your leg and um just allow yourself to heal some and uh i think that's that's what this setback with my leg right now is teaching me like dude i just fucking finished um uh, a commission painting for somebody and i put it in resin yesterday and part of it didn't cure right. So now oh. I've got to fix that. And like, I'm panicked, like I might have to do a whole nother piece of art. So like, you know, more just little setbacks. <laughs> and it's so interesting. Cause like, maybe you're just supposed to chill. Maybe yeah. you're just supposed to like live in the moment, in that setback, express yourself, allow the emotions to express themselves rather. Uh, and just be. And I think that's an interesting lesson to learn for a lot of us. Uh, I don't, I don't usually accept that lesson very easily. (laughs) Yeah, I tend to see my lessons a long way down the road. Yeah, yeah. Like I I didn't go through that 10 years of being someone else's caretaker and that weighing on my mental and emotional stability yeah i don't think i would have learned how to set healthy boundaries now yeah yeah absolutely because i'm a giver but i give and give and give until i'm empty and i forget to replenish the cup yeah yeah and i feel like sometimes because we give we kind of use that as a reason to neglect ourselves in the process and we don't even realize yeah. we're doing it. And you know? then you have to go into the reason why <clears throat> you feel you deserve to be neglected. Right, right, exactly. 
and you know that that goes back to childhood for most of us you know basically mm-hmm. all of you know where where in our childhood were we told that that's okay uh, where where did we witness that that's the way you're supposed to live um so it's been really interesting to especially lately i've seen a lot of that pop up in my life um for some reason my brain is starting to repair my relationship with my mother uh and like look you at too. Her. yeah yeah it's weird right and it's like i'm looking at her from a place of empathy and sympathy uh rather than judgment and frustration and like that just came on its own like i've been wanting that to happen more but like i've also been resistant to it so now it's very interesting that that's showing up you know like okay well we're okay with that now and like i'm able to communicate with her and be like yo you know like you're living this totally different way than you raised us and that's stupid right and she's like i know I didn't know what I was doing back then. I'm sorry. And uh, it's interesting when you can have those conversations with your parent and like they can feel like you can feel that like they mean I'm sorry rather than like yeah. that's just the way it was, you know? So it's it's been interesting. Um, and without the setbacks with her, I wouldn't have been able to look back now and be like, oh, things are better, you know? So it's interesting. Um, I lost my mother about 18 years ago, but I feel like the older I get, the more I become her. Yeah, absolutely. And closer to her. And I've actually gotten closer to her through reading her library. I can dig that. And the I book she that. was reading and yep. the information she was absorbing and learning and, you know, figuring out how that influenced what she did yeah yeah totally totally um i like reading like my dad was very into tony robbins so like that's a big part of what got me interested in reading his stuff and listening to his content and uh same thing you know you feel like you're just like getting closer to understanding them more because you're learning what they were learning exactly Yeah, so you said you've been repairing your relationship with your mom lately. Yes, I've been coming to terms with how far I had my head up my ass. And seeing that the day I realized that adults are just making all this shit up as they go along to. Yeah. That, you know, my mother didn't have all the answers and I expected her to. She was just doing the best she could. Yeah. completely changed my relationship with my mother over the years. I can see and that. And I was a handful. I was a wild kid. <laughs> I can dig that. I can dig that. Yeah, it's it's weird because I think that's when I started to like forgive them for a lot of the things. Um, and you know, like the older I get, the more I don't even like using words like forgive because like they were doing their best, you know, and it's yeah. not like, it's not like I had a bad situation with my family. They just were doing with doing what they were doing, you know, with, with the knowledge they had, you know, like that was it. Exactly. it. Just like 
just like I was with Jaden, you know, like so many times I've asked for his grace, you know, because the way I raise Zen is so much different, you know, and it's so much, so much more aligned and enlightened uh, instead of, you know, what it was when Jaden was younger, where I was just like wild and uh, completely unknowing what the fight, you know, like, <clears throat> it's so much easier to do a second a second parenting process you know and i'll take uh, your word for it i done one and done <laughs> and you know like i i was definitely like that and things changed for me over the years um you know due to the relationship that i'm in and like due to me seeing friends of mine that were like quite a bit older than me having kids i was like oh I guess I'm not too old to have kids. All right, let's have some, let's have another kid. Uh, but it was, it's really been one of the coolest things for me that um, I'm not saying that you should go have another kid. Uh, but No, I, I get it. Trust me. Nobody wants me to have another kid. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got grandkids, right? Yes, three of them. Yeah. So like, I feel like I'm kind of doing the grandparent thing as well as a parent thing. Like, yeah, it feels like that a little bit. You know, like I'm, I'm like the same, the same person, but I'm a, and the same father, but like more conscientious. Uh, you know, just more open-minded, uh, more relaxed. So it's an easier process this time around. Yeah, uh, so it's, it's fun. It's a lot more fun especially now that he's almost 10 months old, like it, he's just so, I don't know, just getting like, we're all getting used to what, how, you know, how it is with him. So like, it's kind of, it's, it's mellowing out on the stress and fear and the anxiety levels and more just like, if he's screaming, oh yeah, well, he's learning his voice or he's doing this, like, yeah. <clears throat> what the fuck's wrong with the kid you know and and it felt like every every step of the way with him was a setback because like you know you'd get him sleeping through the night and then you don't and you know now he's like almost there and it's just it's yeah it's a it's a weird it's a it's such a weird ride and it's such a weird metaphor for life wait until you get the potty training oh yeah you know i i vaguely remember that from Jaden. Uh, and I just know that his bathroom smelled like pee a lot. We're potty training three of them at the same time. <sighs> Talk about fucking and, setbacks. Yeah. It, it really is like living with the Animaniac. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, my son, uh, he like scoots around in the little walker thing the little cradled walker Mm -hmm. and like he just thinks it's so funny that he thinks he shouldn't so you know he's like a little cartoon he does something he shouldn't and he throws his head in his heart in his arms back and he like "Ah!" and then he starts running away from (laughs) you and it's so fucking funny it's so cute oh my god yeah so i could see like three of them being like living with the animaniacs fucking little just little cartoon characters running around doing wild shit you tell Ellen not to do something and she will look you directly in the eye and 
touch the thing or move the thing or hit the yep. brother. Yep. She, and look you directly in the eye. And I'm like, that determination and that stubbornness is going to do you well someday. But yeah. not today. Today, listen to my mom. <laughs> it's going to give you lots of stress, but it will do you well someday. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Like, that's his favorite thing. Like, if, if, if he's not supposed to do it, he loves doing it. Uh-huh. It's so funny. It's like he thinks it's a game and it's a fun game for us, but then we're like, fuck, all right, we shouldn't nurture this game too hard. No, <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, how's, uh, how's things at the shop been going? Awesome. I get my station this week. Oh, nice. So, like, What's what's the role you're playing there? Are you full-time tattooer? I will be a full-time apprentice. Okay, okay. In New Jersey, I have to put in 2,000 hours to get my license. Holy shit. Damn. Florida, you just need a fucking uh, license. And that's Well, I might be traveling to Florida sometime soon. (laughs) Right, hell yeah. Well, that's get a cool. little rat experience. Fuck yeah, come do it. Yeah, so like you, you have to do two thousand hours as an apprentice, and then your license. Then you, you're eligible to get your license. Yeah. Okay. Cool. cool. I have to be certified in bloodborne pathogens and you know communicable diseases, which I have been for twenty years working with special needs kids. Okay. Okay. So I already have all that certification. I just have to renew it again. All right, cool. And all I have to do to be able to start tattooing at the shop is show them on fake skin that I'm a proficient tattooer. Okay, hell yeah. Then I can start tattooing simple shit and work my way up. Hell yeah. So, like, what have you, what have you been doing in the shop now? Um, everything the shop monkey usually does. Okay. So just apprentice grunt work and stuff? Yeah. Plus, I'm learning how to pierce. So I have a book okay. I have to read on piercing. Okay. And I've been learning about the different gauges and the different jewelry you use to pierce and how oh, you yeah. pierce different parts of the body. Dude, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, piercing. Um, I used I'm to so pierce. freaking excited. I used to pierce and tattoo. It's really cool. And it is exciting, man. That So, like, was that their idea or your idea? Um... It was my idea because the day I went over there to meet him, mm-hmm. his phone kept ringing, the shop phone kept ringing, wanting to know if he could do a piercing, if he could do a piercing. And he had the tattoo he was working on, and then another one coming in right afterwards. So he kept having to put him off. And I said, see, if you hire me as an apprentice, I can learn how to pierce too, so that money doesn't walk out of the shop. No shit. And he's like, that's not a bad idea at all. Huh. Yeah, I mean, back in the 90s and 2000s, every tattooer pierced and tattooed. Yeah. Uh, then yeah. I remember as the 2000s progressed, you know, we started breaking away. I personally stopped piercing because I wanted to give my clients in the tattoo chair more of an experience. Uh, and getting up to stop and do piercings was too much anymore because you know i was starting to do bigger tattoos and take on more serious tattoo stuff 
So yeah, but yeah. like as a as a baby tatter and like doing both, man, it and the piercing you can learn, you know, a little considerably more quicker. Uh, yeah. So that'll get you started and get paid, you know. Exactly. And so now you got money coming in your pocket from being at the shop. And then now you're at the shop because you're making money at the shop. So now you're always there learning. And like that's. I can't wait till I start making money so I can get them to tattoo me. <laughs> that's fucking rad. Yeah, dude. Like, and that's the thing, you know, like when, when you're in the shop, like my apprentices that I've had in the past, I've always wanted them to find a source of income inside the studio, you know, so if they could work front desk or if they did already know piercing or wanted to learn piercing, um, I want them to be at the shop as much as they can. Because the more yeah. you're at the shop, the more you're in the environment, the more you're in the environment, the more you're watching, the more you're asking questions, the more you're learning, you're soaking it all up. And, you know, just exactly. like about the setbacks, looking back 10 years ago and saying, wow, I'm glad this setback happened. You also get to look at a year from now and be like, wow, look at how much time I've spent in the tattoo shop. And look at what that's taught me. So that's mm -hmm. like really cool when you get that part too. So yeah, man, I'm I'm excited to to see your journey go through this because uh, you're obviously fucking dedicated to growth and learning because you're in all these reinventing groups. You know what I'm saying? Like you're yeah. you're an honorary fucking host of this show at this point. You know, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, like you're always here. You're always giving perspective, and you're always really pushing to learn. And, um, you know, uh, seeing the, seeing, seeing Medusa at the one, uh, was it last week that she tattooed? I think it was the week before last. Week before. Yeah. So seeing Medusa, how I look at her and just be like, wow, your work's clean. I bet you got your shit together in the tat room. And to see her like, like fall apart and vanish in the thin air because like yeah. she was stressed out. I was like, wow, there's. There's so many different levels to this stuff because I've been in it mm -hmm. so long. I guess I've gotten kind of jaded um, or not even jaded. Well, I guess jaded, but like I forgot. Desensitized. Right. There you go. Perfect. I forgot what the fucking struggle feels like. Like I remember being at the shop till two in the morning doing a gnarly tattoo on a homie and like having fucking crushing anxiety all day and just really only being able to equate it to like oh i'm just scared to do a big tattoo or i always get anxiety before a tattoo but like um spirit reminded me earlier today in our drawing group i like to say excitement and anxiety are the same chemical they are your body so can't i'm also things. excited about right. doing the tattoo but then i have anxiety because i've got one shot right right and it's weird also and that's funny that you say you have one shot because a week, two weeks ago, I um, did this giant poppy flower on a dude's forearm. Oh, and, I saw that. And that was a cover-up of a fucking cover-up I did that healed like dick that I fucking hated. Um, yeah. And it was wild. So uh, I, the reason why I bring that up is because you said you get one shot. Yes. But you don't. Because... <laughs> You can always go back into things later. Like this, this, th that yeah. thing healed like it healed like shit. It was one of the worst tattoos I've done in my whole career. Uh, and as a professional now, I was so bummed out about it. And I hadn't seen it, but I reached out to him and I was like, I need to fix this. 
And so now he sent me a fucking picture of it. That bitch is like, it's almost fully healed completely. And it, dude, it all stayed in. It all looks amazing. And I'm like, wow, wow. What was I on that day? Like, what kind of fucking, yeah. and, and it's weird because that was two years ago, right? Now I've gone through so much as a business owner and so much teaching artists. Like now I'm like, oh man, I go to the tattoo shop and it's like a fun place. It's an easy place. It's a mellow place. Oh yeah, place. I love going to the shop. <clears throat> it's, it's so great. And like picking up the tattoo machine just like has basically become very second nature to me now. And I'm very, very thankful for that. But I forget that other people like are at different places on the journey, you know, and I've got a lot of time invested in like, even though I don't feel old and I still feel young, I've still put in a lot of time here. And it's just, it's weird and very peaceful to have that. Like, I know I'm going to be okay with this machine in my hand. Like, even yeah. when I get... Even when I get nervous, like when I do a portrait and shit, I'm like, oh, I'm going to fuck this up, but I probably won't. And I know I always tell myself that I'm going to fuck this up, so I'll be fine. And I like get to talk myself through it more. Yeah. As soon as I get the machine in my hand and turn it on, the anxiety is gone. I'm like, oh, I love that sound. (laughs) I love that sound. So what do you use? I love that smell of lavender soap. (laughs) Do you use um, foil or rotary? Um, rotary. Okay, I used cool. to use coils, but it, they're just, I have very small hands. Yeah. And trying to draw something with a six ounce vibrating brick when I don't have to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 100% there. I love the idea of just having a nice, light, functional fucking machine. That's going to perform exactly the way it's supposed to every time. And it's not going to scream in my ear the whole time. It's not going to weigh my wrist hand down. So, yeah, no, I'm totally 100% there with that. It's not going to perform great on one tattoo. And then all you did was set it down gently and not change a damn thing. And then you go to do the next tattoo and it sounds like a freight train. Yep. Yep. Oh, man. <clears throat> that used to frustrate me so bad and i used to be such an angry dude so like yeah I, I think i think it was the evp from yeah. that coil machine <laughs> maybe real. that's why so many old heads are so grumpy and like no we're not letting anybody new in the business you gotta learn the right. secrets you gotta you gotta wash the toilets you gotta scrub my car <laughs> and you know it's it's weird so i've been faced with that a lot lately um because uh, I don't know if you've seen that I'm doing uh, a master class. Uh, I saw I- that. On um, uh, just tattoo theory, tattoo techniques, tattoo ideologies, um, a little bit of social media breezing through, um, and just like a lot of permission granting. Uh, and when I say that, I mean, as young artists or even as skilled artists, there's been things we were told we can't do and I'm a firm believer and you can do anything, uh, you know, especially if you try hard enough and do a good job and make doing a good job the focus. So mm-hmm. like, I've had a lot of people hit me up and be like, well, I'm at this part of my tattoo journey. Can I take your class? And it's like, okay, 
as long as you're all right with not understanding a few things that may go over your head, like technically and experientially speaking, like I feel like you're going to do great with any information that is going to be put in front of you. So it's really, it's, it's been a weird thing. Cause like part of me is like, no, you can't join my class. I'm a gatekeeper. And then part of me is like, well, you're fucking, you're creating tattoo education for the sense of educating tattooers and people that are trying to get into this industry. And, you know, whether we like it or not, <clears throat> a traditional apprenticeship isn't the only way to get in this industry anymore. You know, yeah. like you literally can go on Amazon, buy the fucking tools, practice on fake skin or your friends and yourself and become a tattooer. So like, Oh, I know this one kid, he kept tattooing his sister uh, and I kept having to cover up the tattoos. <laughs> and, and I'm like, look, I, there's only so much I can do here. Right. You gotta stop letting your brother doodle all over you. Right. He actually spent money I really didn't have and bought him a stack of cheap fake skin. And I'm no like, tattoo these. Stop doodling on people. You're not even using the stencil. Uh. And he's like, you need a stencil? <laughs> And you know what? There are people that are there right now at that point. I know. And so you see what I'm saying? Like, that's how I feel sometimes. I'm like, oh, what are you nervous for? It's just a tattoo. If you fuck it up, you can fix it. I promise you. It's like, I thought I was going to die after I got sent home off of Ink Master. I thought my career was over. And it's, it, I'm still here. I'm still alive. And people still love me. And people still want to get tattooed by me. You know, and like people still want to learn from me. Uh, that mistake didn't ruin my life. That's one of the hard things to accept sometimes is that uh, your setbacks, ooh, right back full circle. Your setbacks don't define you and don't take away the good that you want, the good that you're going for, or the good that you've already got. So, mm -hmm. hello, beautiful. Hello. Okay. We are well. We are um we are uh, to give you a brief synopsis talking about setbacks. Um I decided today that uh I am not wearing my leg because it I have a, a um an open wound that hurts. And um that kind of made me decide that I wanted to talk about setbacks today. So uh nice. that's the brief synopsis and um me and Amber have just been shooting the shit basically on like <laughs> life and how it works and then kind of circling it back to setbacks every couple of minutes. And yeah. <laughs> seeing, you know, the fact that the, the setbacks brings you forward type thing, you know, uh, you don't notice the setback or the progress until later in the hindsight of it. So, you know, uh, and that's that's kind of why I brought up setbacks because like I, I noticed that I just need to slow down a little bit because my leg is pissed. And I have the time and space to slow down because my leg is pissed and make it unpissed. So, like, take the time and space and slow down. And sometimes I get that. I had a, a crazy zany setback filled 24 hours. So, I totally get that. Ooh, do tell. Yeah. Um, well, I, I called you and said if I could hop on, I was going to be late. And I may cut in and out because I'm driving home from work. Uh, 
but I had a guy reach out that wanted to do like a feature thing on me and it's for this big project and he wants to film and do an interview about a day in the life. He wanted to get footage of a tattoo and I was like, okay, well, I want it to be me doing a cool tattoo that like kind of reflects my style and what I want to do and all that fun stuff. And uh, so I had scheduled him around the day. He had the day off for the holiday. I was doing a cool tattoo on someone that didn't mind being filmed. She kind of knew what the deal was and I brought it up and she ended up bailing out yesterday. She said she had pink eye and uh, it was a whole thing. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I have like under 24 hours to find a replacement. And I put something in my stories and I didn't put that I was really going to give like a hell of a deal, but I just said, hey, the price is I just need someone that's available for a uh, palm to hand size tattoo from my flash on an easy to film body part for a project and then financially, you know, I'll make it right. And uh, that was already a big setback, but I legit had at least reach out to that by the end I was telling everyone that I talked to um, hey do you know did you read this it's 1 p.m it's this it's this because I kept getting people that's like yeah you can do some lettering on my ribs at like six when I'm off work and I'm like that doesn't did you read this at all (laughs) and I literally I have a I have a screen cap of one specific conversation where I was like hey before I even engage you're a great person but I need to know that you're free at one that you have room on an easy spot for this and that you know it's my flash. And she's like, yeah, I really want that scorpion that you drew up. I got room on my forearm. I'm off work at three. And I'm like, one was a key component of this. <laughs> you just threw out that you're off at three. And it like just kept going and kept going and kept going. And it finally, it didn't resolve itself until the girl I tattooed, who I've tattooed before, but it's been almost a year, messaged me in the morning. I responded. She didn't respond. She saw it, finally responded at like 11. This dude's supposed to be at the shop at one. And she's like, yeah, I can do that. And I was like, she's like, I'm getting my oil changed at noon. So like, I can do one. And I'm like, oil changed is very vague. Are you sure? And she's like, I'm literally getting it changed by someone I know two minutes from your shop at noon. I could probably be there at 1245 even. And she came in and she liked one of the cooler pieces of flash I've done recently she got a cool, it took longer than I thought because she went bigger, but I'm always down to do cool tattoos bigger. Nice. It all worked itself out. The guy was super awesome. He just interviewed me. It's going to be like a cool video for me to have. But the last 24 hours, I was so stressed that like, I kind of thought about that I woke up and draping the sheets over it and just hiding out under the frame and not telling anyone I was there today. Um, yeah. Like it was that level of just setbacks stressing me out and then it all worked out because of course it always does and i put way too much worry into it for no reason yeah yeah uh, that's life so yeah that's um that's pretty much uh the human experience in a nutshell <laughs> i could totally feel right. you know like i could i could feel your your intensity and your stress through the whole process there you know but, yeah and uh, it was this, this guy is so nice and he brought in these like super nice cameras and like really nice mics and he's doing it. He's like, I will give you a free copy of everything for your social media and like it's just more promotion and everything. It's awesome. And I had like jumped through a lot of hoops with him. I was talking to him even when I was in Florida with you. Like this has been weeks in the making to get it booked on a day that I had a cool tattoo. He was free. And so when she bailed out, I was like, oh crap, I can't bail on this guy. 
who's doing all of this because he sought me out and he's doing it for me for free. And so it was just the stress of not wanting to let him down. And then, yeah, like I said, it all just worked out. And now I'm finally coming. There was like a little little bit of anxiety of like, I'm horrible on camera in any scripted format uh, where there was like specific questions that he sent me weeks ago and stuff. So like, all of the anxiety is washing away now because I did it and it didn't go bad and the tattoo came out rad and everything's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, I was just thinking about that yesterday because me and Jaden went to one of his performances and I was thinking about how stressed I was specifically when I was uh, doing seminars at Hell City Phoenix a bunch of years ago. Um, And like I did that, that whole like, just wanting to stay in bed feeling and like hide and not have to be there. Yeah. I wanted to not do that. Like, and then once the weekend was over, I was like, wow, what a nice weekend. And uh, it was, it's uh, it's very funny how leading up to the things that are actually really cool can be such a stressful experience for us. And we do it to ourselves. Oh yeah. And I, I had, I was struggling anyways with the Friday, Friday or Saturday. It was Friday and Saturday, actually. Over the course of about 24 hours, I had three different friends that are like really close people to me in different aspects of my life reach out to me specifically. Um, one of whom has been married for over 20 years that's getting a separation. One of whom is engaged and I'm the best man at his wedding. Uh, and it's looking like that wedding's not going to happen now for various reasons. And one of whom is a close relative of mine who's already been <laughs> married and divorced, but he was in a cool relationship. And he called me to tell me that that just ended and that he moved back in with family. And it was very, all three of them had different experiences in their journey, but reaching out to me for various reasons and dealing with that feeling of like, I don't like that I'm the person that people reach out to and I don't like being relied on and like, oh, I don't, I don't know how to help you. Uh, I had a big conversation with Aura because I actually passed a um, tattoo her way because it was a girl that it was black and gray and it was realism and it wasn't my wheelhouse, but it was for her nephew that had just passed when they were like still infant age. And I was like, man, I don't want to give her, you know, a C plus job when someone else can give her better. She was down to take it on, but it turned into us talking about empathy versus sympathy in tattooing. And it turned into us talking about like, I'm really good at being sympathetic to people and being a sympathetic ear. But a lot of times the best that I can offer up is like, ah, shit, that sucks. Uh, And not necessarily have any insight because people are going through stuff that like, I can't bring your dead loved one back. So instead I just get kind of nervous. I'm like, oh man. And then I just try to use jokes to diffuse the situation and make them laugh and make them feel better. And with all three of them, I actually like forced myself to give them the insight that I did have on their situation and uh, actually ended up helping them out. It worked out pretty well. And instead of freaking out about why are people relying on me, I kind of stepped into it and was like, well, here's what I've noticed and here's why you're still awesome. And it kind of worked. And so that was kind of the courage I used to still get myself out of bed this morning not being sure how the situation was going to resolve itself uh i was just like all right i want to hide under my bed but remember when all those other people counted on you and you were actually able to help them 
uh, you're going to help this guy and it's all just going to work out. And then it did all work out. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. So as you're saying all that, a few different things were coming up for me. And like, the reason why they come to you is because you have value, right? You don't always see it because you're still struggling with that, like accepting and receiving value that you bring to the world. But uh, so they come to you because they know that you can bring them something good. You just don't trust yourself. So you're like, oh, I don't know. But the truth is you really do know. Like you always do know. You always have something good to say, but you don't trust yourself always to say it. I and am a lot of us trying do. to, though. I'm kind of getting there. <laughs> Uh, it was funny because with the one guy that like it looks like the wedding's not going to happen, um, it's essentially an issue of uh, the, the, the lady he's wanting to marry is having some personal issues with her relationship with alcohol, and he's trying to help her, but he's realizing it's a disease and that she can only help herself, and he's been going to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings to try and learn how to help her, and even there, like, she kind of just has to decide for herself. And he's a guy that is by very, by nature, like if you think I'm a people pleaser, he's like a people pleaser, very strong in his convictions and a very good human, but also very go with the flow because he does not want to disrupt things. And so for as much as I just wanted to be like, man, that fucking sucks. I'm sorry. I like kind of pulled out of nowhere and I did, I, it just came out of my mouth. I was like, dude, it is crazy that it's happening and I'm sad, but it is also really cool to see you taking initiative and you taking control of your life and you being this way because you are a fairly timid guy and to see you be an adult to this degree and to lay down the line with someone and say, you need help. I'm willing to help, but you have to do this. And if not, I don't want to marry you. And this is this, and this is that and step into himself to do that was like really inspiring to see. And it's like how he's growing as a human and I think that resonated with him. And I didn't even know I was going to say it until I said it. And I was like, right. holy shit, I just, help, I just helped someone with something beyond, do you want to get ice cream? Do you want to see a movie? Or can I joke to make you laugh? Uh, right. Which are usually kind of my three fail saves. And it felt good to do, but it was also kind of like, where the fuck did that come from? Did I just say that? Like, it almost threw me for a loop. Um, I resonate with that heavy uh because people have been coming to me for years people have been telling me good things about myself for years and it's you know uh, it's hard to believe it it's hard to accept it it's hard to grow with that and understand that they are saying true things even if you don't know how to believe it yet you know like uh and then when yeah <clears throat> when yeah. the uh, when the when the magic comes out and you hear it you're like wow okay well maybe they're right maybe well this is cool i'm glad they called me uh i feel good about this because i've i've been in that spot a number of times and it's it's a really weird spot to be in but it also is really cool when you settle into being like wow i actually am not a moron the way that i like to devalue myself in my brain like yeah i have value and like lots of it and these people with like, you know, you call people that you think can help you when you're facing a divorce or a relationship ending. You don't call idiots who are going to piss you off or just offer you ice cream. 
you know, like, <laughs> you know, like you're, uh, you're, you're, you're bigger than you realize in this world. Uh, and it's funny because we talked about that. I was, I was telling Amber, you know, like, you know, Dusty's getting interviewed and she was like, that's really good for him. And I'm like, that is really good for him because like, you know, he, he wasn't always the best at receiving things like this and, you know, being seen. So it's funny that like, we're talking about you having trouble being seen before you're even on the show. And now you're like, I'm being seen and I'm settling into it. It's cool to see like your, your actual progression through yeah. the difficult parts of like, you know, being admired or looked up to or being, you know, the, the settling into the healer is a hard thing for a lot of people. <clears throat> it is weird because in a lot of personal relationships, it was always like, but then in a work relationship, I was at a shop the last four years where I was 100%, even if I was good at tattooing, like I'm the comic relief and I'm kind of there to just keep the wheels spinning. And I didn't have an issue with that. But now being in a shop where people actually ask me for like real advice and help and they give advice and help too. like everyone in my shop is such a cool leader in their own way. But to be somewhere where people look at me for more than like, well, we're going to win some international awards. You just keep cranking out the fucking skull tattoos uh, has kind of forced me to step into that way more. Uh, and it's super weird. But I also think it is one of those things where just being around you as another kind of lovable goofball, colorful character in tattooing who also just happens to be really fucking good at their job and just as a person with dealing with people made me realize like I can kind of cake and eat it too with being fun and not taking myself too seriously but still being somebody with more value beyond like oh this person wants a cool fucking sparrow tattoo and somebody to pick good music and make them laugh and it's funny because when I was in Florida the other week hanging out with you guys after you and Donna went to bed, Medusa and I were still bullshitting and uh, eating snacks. And she was like, I was telling her the story of like me tattooing you at that benefit thing I did where I gave money to Billy and yada, yada. And it wasn't that long ago. And we kind of knew each other a little bit through, you know, other stuff before that, but that was kind of where we really connected. And she like legit, like kind of like the milk through the nose, level of surprise she's like oh i thought you guys were like best homies for like a decade now and uh i was like no not nearly that long and uh it was very funny to see that that like that level of i think you do bring out that comfort in me that people even thought like oh shit they've been homies since fucking you know kindergarten or whatever that like seeing somebody else that holds a lot of the values and personality that i have has definitely helped me to realize you can be a badass while doing that and not just have to be like, oh, the tratty guy at the shop that's kind of like in the back cranking through shit and having fun. I can do that and kind of be somebody that is like respected or has some good advice here and there. Yeah, no, and dude, thank you for that acknowledgement, man. Like that's that's really cool that knowing that, you know, a relationship with me does bring out something better in people than, you know, just wanting to party or whatever <laughs> you know what i'm saying like uh and that that's a hard thing you know to 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 settle into being that type of a leader where you just get to be yourself and people are like oh i can do that too cool and i feel like that's the type of leader i've always wanted to be where like 
man, I'm just doing the things I want to do. And if it resonates with you to do those things, please fucking do those too. Cause we all have this one life, man. And that's it. Yeah. And it's really cool to watch you like settling into being just, you know, regular old Miley, but also a badass. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, it, you, you get to be both. You, you get to be, you know, a fucking firefighter and a hero and just chill and be a dad. You know what I'm saying? Like you get to help people yeah. make the world better. Um, and also just be you. Like, so it's funny. You just said something about the tratty guy. I never had respect for the tratty guy in any shop and any tattooing ever. I was like, tratty's fucking easy. It's simple. You don't even fucking need to know what you're doing. Cause like my whole concept was to create. Right. So of course the, the complete antithesis of complexity is traditional. So instead of just letting it be and loving it and appreciating it, I hated it. And I didn't want it around me. And it was for fucking weak losers. And then many years go by. I finally faced the fact that new school is a really good way of masking your mistakes. Any blowouts on any lines you have are going to get covered completely because you fucking wall-to-wall color everything. So, like, I was kind of taking an easy way out. I didn't have to, like, learn fucking full-on saturation patterns. I could blend everything together and make it all look cool. I, I didn't have to depend on good tattooing. I could just make things look cool with fun art. Yeah. So fast forward to now. I realize I've used new school and realism and full color saturation as ways to like make my job easier. It's it's a settling thing for me. It's comfort comfortable. But now owning my studio and seeing the amount of people that traditional tattoos make happy changed my whole Oh yeah. Not not to toot my own horn or anything, but like it really is a thing of like the amount of people I know that do traditional tattoos, that they have fun ideas and they make fun designs, and then the end product is kind of like, huh, um, versus, you know, like I will say, and every once in a while I do a tattoo where I see it healed and I'm like, I would really love to clean up x y and z if you don't mind can i you know next time i tattoo you can i zap these two three little spots but like like the one i ended up doing today for the guy that i'm so glad the girl picked it because it's such a fun design and it's so colorful but it's just it's clean and it's saturated that bad i posted the other day just a fun simple little flash piece but when you make it clean a guy that i really like and i really respect and i used to be homies with when he lived in dayton and he like tattoos out of town now uh, I haven't talked to him in ages and he reached out over that tattoo. He's like, man, that's crispy as fuck. And like, there is difference, definitely a difference between people that do trad because they can, or it's like already kind of predetermined designs and people that do it, but put their whole ass into it. Yes. And like, you know, everything always changes, but like Howie, uh, Howie tattoos is like one of those guys right now that I'm looking at his stuff and I'm like, fuck. Um, Janky bangers on Instagram is always like, the person I aspire to be that it's just this like ridiculous colorful space wizard fucking vomit looking traditional but just these people that I'm like dude if you do it right yes it's been done in the ground and you can put your own little spin on it kind of but just if you make it clean and perfect it's it's its own whole thing and people get that stuff and love it I'm starting next Tuesday a girl that has literally nothing on her arm she wants all 
solid black black work style traditional a whole sleeve of it and she's like i've already been looking at your flashy posts i've already got like my first five picked out like let's one at a time but like let's go and i'm like somebody wants a whole sleeve of that like that's super cool yeah dude and like it takes it takes tattoo proficiency like you really need to be able to tattoo to tattoo it and like I really don't care what style you want anymore, as long as it's yeah. a tattoo. You know, well, like, you and I had the conversation about black, like blackouts. That, like, yes, in theory, anybody can color in on black. I've also seen a lot of blackout tattoos that are only a year or two old and are patchy and rough as fuck. Like anybody can. It also takes somebody that is super proficient with packing not overworking the skin saturation to like go in there and make it look fucking like banging dude for real and it's been like since i've gotten (laughs) the the black work train uh, a lot more lately it's been like a fun puzzle to put together because like i i'm i yeah cool so i can get it done fast well can i get it done fast and solid as fuck you know, can yeah. I beat somebody's pain threshold? That's another thing I'm running into. Can yeah. I beat pain thresholds, dude? I had my first client stay till midnight the other night in so long because, like, I was vibing, she was vibing. I covered 75% like a rework on her back all in one session. And, like, when we said goodbye, I went to go give her a hug and I was like, I'm not actually going to touch you. She goes, why? Like, she didn't even realize that, like, it would have hurt me to touch her back because she just, the pain was that far removed from her fucking life. It was so weird, dude. It was, like, the coolest wow. thing. <laughs> yeah. But most of my clients are are tapping somewhere between three and six hours on a full blackout. Yeah. Club. Um, And, like, the, the last one that I did, dude, he was a badass. He just sat there like, no, nah, it's cool. Like the people that sit for me can like sit through getting run over by a train and the people that don't sit good for me, we have to fight, you know, like it's, we use a lot of numbing and like, I'm pushing them a lot and we're fighting for the greater good. So it's really cool to find somebody that can sit that hard Um, again. And I don't even know why I told this story now, but (laughs) yeah. Uh, just the proficiency of, like you said, not bumming people out, not hurting them, not having to take 82 sessions. I've right. got a guy, he's my evening appointment tomorrow. He drives from like an hour away to get tattooed. Um, but we got hooked up because the artist that was tattooing him stopped doing smaller stuff. And his wife wanted like five little kind of whatever lettering and like this and that. And I was like, yeah, I'll tattoo her. And he wa- he's like, well, I want to get tattooed too. So he came with her. I tattooed his ribs. And I was like, ribs kind of suck, just so you know this dude like laughed like we listened to comedy albums and he like actively laughed while getting his ribs blasted for two hours i have since we're we're basically finishing up it's that sleeve i posted where i put like all the honeycomb shit behind all the like it's nothing but flowers and eyeballs um i've tattooed that guy for seven eight hours straight before and he just like the end and you know bandage him and he's just like oh yeah it's a little sore whatever i'm so stoked to tattoo him tomorrow night plus we're like finishing it we're just doing nothing but color stippling and all the honeycomb but i know that that guy's gonna sit for three hours like a freaking champ so those people help but it is a proficiency thing whether it's traditional blackout whatever of just being able to 
you know, like I said, there's a million people that can do solid traditional and a heels out looking like a traditional tattoo. But if you can like really nail it, those people are awesome. Same with portraits, same with anything. It's, it's just like every other style. It takes a talent set. Like Steve Butcher. I remember watching him at one convention do uh, this collector's uh, rib panel and it was three days and three different sections. And like, I didn't, right. Like I didn't know at that uh-huh. point, I was really struggling with my with my tattoos healing. I had no idea how the fuck this guy was going to cause this much trauma to a body and not, like, kill it. And, like, this is quite a few years ago, so I've learned now, you know, how to cover large scale and have it heal well. Um, but, yeah, it was just really wild seeing that at that time. I didn't understand that could really be done. And, like it totally was and it healed like fucking gangbusters and it looks killer and like wow i can't believe that really actually happened in real life um so it's really cool when you get to see the proficiency at a level where you don't even understand that's possible um and then even to be the guy that is doing such clean tattoos that people are like yo that is fucking clean that is fucking tight that's you know like that that's a benchmark for a lot of people seeing a clean tattoo like i remember for a while in the instagram world if anyone said clean on any of my tattoos i was like so proud of myself you know like because yeah. that's like and man, I, ooh, it's hard and i love it because i'll see a lot of stuff on instagram that i'll like react to like i'll you know double tap it or i'll like throw like a little hard eyes thing but like once a week or so i see something that i have to comment comment on i'm like that is clean as fuck or like holy shit that saturation is fucking flawless and i feel like those are yeah those are always the ones when other tattooers are specifically like that is clean like oh that's such a cool idea or oh i love this art or something it's cool but like when someone's like that is proficiently like nailed you're just like yeah Yeah, i'm sucking your artist dick right now and i am not even mad about it it's so good you know like that's what's up yeah no definitely a good feeling yeah for real and like dude it was wild so uh I don't know if you ever met Chi. He was one of my apprentices, but he moved back to North Carolina because his dad got sick. Um, I I think right when he left was when we started hanging out, but you told me about him. So, like, he really taught me the value of a fucking traditional tattooer as well because, like, he was doing traditional in a similar style the way you do it where it's not traditional by all the rules, but, like, he's being an artist and like changing that around and that's that's so cool to see like oh it's just fun to tattoo dope tattoos <laughs> and really i think as tattooers um as people we get a little bit too judgy on things we don't understand or don't fully appreciate and i yeah. did a lot with traddy stuff and now it's just like dude i love a big fucking clean traddy tattoo you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's, I, I had the same with like realism. Obviously I appreciate photo realism, but when people make it a little painterly and a little bit their own and throw a little bit of an artistic spin on it, um, Sean King in Indiana was telling me when we were looking at stuff, he was looking at like a bird I had done and he's like, you used, you know, the, the realism and you made it look real, but it still has just enough of like tattoo, application applied to it that like it looks like a tattoo and i love a lot of the guys that like um like yogi barrett's such a good example of like his realism looks super real 
but it looks like a tattoo. You look at it and you're like, that's a rad tattoo. It doesn't look like an oil painting or like a photocopy, which there's still like nothing wrong with that. And if you can do photorealism like that, like more power to you. But when like, like rock that's doing the fucking tattoo on the inside of your arm, when that dude does like that Batman that blew up online that he did, it looks dope as fuck. And it looks realistic, but it looks like a tattoo still. You're like, that is awesome body decoration. Absolutely. Cause like, you can see the grill right there on my arm and yeah. like you can see that it's you know that there's a, there's a shine there and there's black in the mouth and like it looks like there is tattoo there but there's also super soft elements and like yeah dude, i love the way he operates and it was weird because like i was i just wanted a fucking a paul wall picture of him smiling yeah and look at me now that's all i wanted and then Rock was like, oh, because I was telling him this is going to be a Florida arm. So he threw in the fucking little, you know, yeah. the flamingo floaty in the tree. And, like, he made it, like, it wasn't just about the portrait. Like, it was about me and my journey in Florida in life with Paul Wall as somebody that's inspired me. Like, And he, like, listened to my story and turned it into my tattoo uh, rather than just the super cool idea of a portrait of Paul Wall, you know, like, yeah, because that song, look at me now inspires the fuck out of me uh, always has. And like, even it's so like hood fantastic. And I love that. It like inspires <laughs> me to win at life and it's hood fantastic as fuck, but like, it's such a good song. So he captured all that in the tattoo rather than just a perfectly fucking done portrait that was photorealistic as fuck. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? It's a great. And, and sometimes, you see like a whole sleeve of black and gray, like photorealism, and you just stop and you're like, fuck, like it's an art. It's a really complex fucking hard art. And when you see it done well, it is fucking just like, but when you see one that's just a little bit like some bold colors worked in and uh, like one of my favorite portraits that hip has ever done, it's this guy, Dominic, that I've tattooed a few times now. And he just came to our shop for like a flash event recently and hip did two portraits of this guy's son that had passed away. He was in the military and you can tell this guy just like loves his son. And he, one of them has this like crazy ocean teal green behind it that like just does not exist in nature ever. And like, it just makes it look that much more like a tattoo and that much more bold and vibrant. And like, yeah, it just looks like a fucking tattoo. It's so fun to have those ones that just have those little artistic flim flams and what have you that like, you're like, yeah, that's a fucking rad tattoo instead of like, oh, that's a photo of a guy on your arm. So, you know, what's funny. I have a nephew. You, you met my, my nephew, Christian. Um, yeah. That you, just, you just tattooed Tupac, Tupac on. Yeah. So now I'm playing the opposite game where I'm like, trying to get pretty fucking photorealistic with this shit. And like, I'm still taking my own little bitty liberties, but like, that's more in the background and the cohesion where I'm trying to like, trying to nail these portraits pretty fucking spot on. And like, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a really scary, but like, oh yeah, it's been cool. Like the cross on Tupac's chest, bro, it's shaded around it and white filled in the middle because that's what the image calls for. So it's like so weird to like do something so simple. And like, as I'm watching it heal, I'm like, wow, that still looks dope. Wow, that still looks dope. Holy shit, that's so simple. And it still looks dope. That contrast fucking works. Wow. So like, I'm learning about art and following the paint by numbers uh, process. So it's, 
it's really cool. But that, and that's the thing. Now that I'm older, um, now that I don't need to make every tattoo new school, like I was so indignant about it. Everything had to be new school for so long. Now I actually like lean more towards realism or let's like, let's make this look like somebody took drugs uh, and, you know, tattooed their image on you, you know, like weird shit and like realism shit and like just shit that like isn't cartoony as much. So now I'm yeah. like, now I used to get so mad when an artist I loved, whether they were musical or visual, I was like, why'd they change? Why'd they change your style? I love their style. And now I realize people change, especially artists. Artists develop yeah. and like, and you, you and I had that exact conversation yeah. when we were driving to that Taste of Philly place that like <laughs> all those artists that came out with new albums that were different yes. that at the time I was like, Ugh, and then I go back and listen to it. I'm like, this album's fucking rad though. I love this direction. I love this. I just kind of wanted to hear something like this. And then it's like, well, you can go back and listen to that album. Or on the flip side, if that band just kept putting out the same album, how many more would they have put out before I was like, all right, they got nothing new to show me uh it's so you know yeah it's such a such a thing fast and furious movies they've made so many of them that are so ridiculous Mm -hmm. and they keep just following this dumb storyline of fucking criminal activity and doing like planes fly cars flying into space like come on man yeah but like gotta give them respect for trying but i'm getting tired of watching it but i'll never stop watching it because i've always been in love with that fucking franchise so like, oh, it's 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 popcorn movie, hands down. Like Fast yeah. and the Furious, Transformers, Resident Evil, all those movies. Like, I'm gonna watch it, and right. I'm gonna yeah. sit there and just crank through an extra large popcorn. But it is like the last one. I was like, how can they one up this? And then they freaking drove a Toyota in space, and now the new ones, the trailers are just coming out, and I'm like, how are they gonna top that? I don't know that they can. I'm uh, the same way with hard space. Just keep pumping them out. I'll yeah. yeah and that's the thing like we know we're gonna keep watching them so like and that's a little conundrum like you get to be the artist that all right people say you're ridiculous but they don't care and they still participate and yeah that's, that's fast and furious all day you know yep. like so it's it's interesting watching uh the artists that we let by you know like i remember when outcast you know they 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 changed their sound up and I was pretty salty because I was like, man, I was used to like the, the fucking hard ass uh, ATLians sound. Yeah. You know, fucking. <clears throat> and then like, you know, they're fucking daisies and fucking singing and fucking dancing and 70s disco inspired. And I'm like, what the fuck? I don't get it. I don't like it. And now I understand, man. Like, uh, what was it? Was it Matt Damon or somebody that said or, or I don't fucking remember, but like uh make your make your money movies make your money movie make your money movie then you make your safe movie yeah yeah matt damon yeah uh, i mean no you make your safe movie you safe do the movie, safe one you do the safe one yeah then you make your art then you do your weird art shit yeah yeah it, yeah it was a matt damon quote yeah and that's basically what it is as as an artist like make your safe art and then get fucking weird and then fucking James now Franco did that. was that james franco's a perfect example of that he made a lot of movies that made a lot of money and then mm-hmm. he just went totally weird with it that's and daniel what? radcliffe the kid that plays harry potter Dude. is gonna be a millionaire for life off of harry potter 
and then everything since then has been nothing but like he does a show with Steve Buscemi on PBS. He yeah. played Weird Al in a free movie on Roku. Like he's just like I just want to do weird shit. Dude, did you see the Guns Akimbo movie? Fucking loved it. That was him, right? Yeah, dumb dumb yeah. popcorn uh-huh. movie. Loved it. Like, dude, I like that. That is so not Harry Potter, and that was one of the best fucking movies ever made. Like, dude, yeah. Such an underground, fucking underrated cult classic. I fucking don't even know how it like got away from me. To, like, I didn't notice it at the beginning, but then when I watched it, like after years after it came out, I was like, ah, oh, brilliant. Yeah, that was mine. Yeah, it was randomly like on my buddy's Plex server or something, and I was like, oh, it's got Harry Potter in it. It might be weird. He made weird movies, and I watched it, and freaking, it felt like John Wick meets Scott Pilgrim with freaking Harry Potter. And I'm like, okay, I'm into this. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, like the, the whole like screwing the guns into his hand. Oh, fucks with yeah. me because I don't want to see that. That hurts. But it was so cool. Like he was forced to do this weird shit. Great movie. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, It is rolling around to 610. So I'm going to go ahead and start rolling, closing this up. Uh, yeah, I've been in my driveway for like 15 yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got to rescue my dad from the kids. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, enjoy your evening, Amber, and everyone else out there. Uh, I, want to, I want to uh, throw this out there to anyone watching. Um, I am doing a 90-minute masterclass on furthering tattoo education. So if you want to jump in on that, uh, you can hit me up directly on the social medias, and uh, I can give you a registration link and get you enrolled. Uh, I'm going to be doing a lot more tattoo education uh offerings to the tattoo world so uh if anyone's interested holler at me um and thank you once again guy gabe uh the whole reinventing crew amber for showing up and being our honorary host dusty for being my fucking man with the plan right chair i appreciate you showing up you know directly after doing your you know totally chaotic day uh so thanks for popping in um William, we haven't seen you or heard from you, but good to see you in here. Uh, And uh, yeah, anyone who's watching, thanks for watching. Uh, Have a great fucking day. See y'all next week.